Welcome everyone. We are the MI guys. My name is John Gilbert and this is Casey Jackson. And we are with IFIOC back to help you serve the individuals, organizations, and communities uh, to help improve outcomes in the different ways you're looking to do that. Absolutely. We specialize with motivational interviewing to help you with that. And today there's a particular concept that is not trained on in most, if any other, MI trainings that exist. And some of you may be familiar, it's called Focus Mountain. And so we're gonna dig into this concept today of what it is uh, and how it came to be and uh, just explore this idea of how you could use that and how it really is a unique tool to become values-based. So Casey, if you would, how did this even come to be? What's the, what is it maybe and then how did it come to that? That's the origin story. <laughs> well, the origin story is that years ago, probably five or six years ago, when Dr. William Miller and Stephen Rolnick came out with the third edition of the Helping People Change book, and they introduced the four processes that weren't part of motivational interviewing prior. When I first was learning motivational interviewing, when I first trained on motivational interviewing, it was about the or skills, the open-ended questions, affirmations, reflections, Back in the old days when I first learned it, there was the DEERS, developing discrepancy, express empathy, amplify ambivalence, rolling with resistance, which is very common in motivational reading, that's what people still think it is, um, supporting self-efficacy. And when the newest edition of the book came out, they added these four processes, like what fundamentally, what are some of the processes we walk through? And it was engage, it was the first one, and focus was the second of the four processes. And Traditionally, motivation has been very heavy focused on target behavior. Mm -hmm. Like what's target behavior? It was born in the addiction field. So mm -hmm. it's quitting smoking, stopping drinking, mm -hmm. stopping drugs. You know, what's the target behavior in healthcare when it's spread into your world? Um, you know, managing diabetes and heart disease and behaviors around that, eating healthy and, and exercising more. So all these behavior change processes. And so when focus was talked about, it was how do we focus on a target behavior? And think with so many of the populations that I worked with and that I was training, especially that when they deal with so many comorbid issues, multiple complex mm -hmm. issues, so not just in healthcare, but behavioral health, just most people that come in for services these days have so many complex competing issues that are going on. And what was I was finding a struggle with professionals that I was training is in their brief interactions, they were having a hard time just staying focused on one target behavior because the client they're talking to is talking about their whole life. And if they're talking about their whole life, it's not just one target behavior. Housing, mental health, exactly. issues with access to uh, resources for taking care of their health. I Absolutely. Mean, there's so many factors that go into uh, people and the whole people that are being served, especially when they're disenfranchised, and those yes. are the people that typically cost the system the most, but then we're like, wait, 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 we can only deal with one target behavior yes. at once. <laughs> so it seems like it could feel disingenuous or limit the conversation. I don't know, what was your... Or the other thing would happen, John, is that they would say, um, I can't use motivational interviewing because there's just my, my clients mm -hmm. that I work with have so many complex issues, I can't use motivational interviewing. Like, they, they have so many issues, I can't just focus for 15 minutes on just their housing issue because there's so many other issues. And I struggled with that thinking, that's the reality that most professionals deal with is they've got multiple complex issues they're dealing with and MI is applicable. But most 
tools to measure motivational reviewing had to do with what is the target behavior. Mm -hmm. When focus, the four processes came out, again, engagement was first, focus was second. It was a lot around target behavior and then evoking a plan. And one of the things that I was looking at at what creates sustained behavior change, it's less about the target behavior. True sustained behavior change comes from us getting us, our behaviors in alignment with our deeper values, our deeper goals, and enriching and focusing on them. So where Focus Mountain came from is I just, and I'm a, I've talked about this all the time in trainings and I've said it on many podcasts before, I'm just a visual learner. I mean, my brain processes in pictures. And what I started thinking about is, you know, we all want to get to our ultimate place. We all want to get to that Shangri-La. We all want to get to the top of our mountain. And that's literally where Focus Mountain came from. Originally, I think I originally called it Top of the Mountain, I think, with my first iteration, like in 2010. And what I spent quite a bit of time doing, and actually was, uh, oh my gosh, well, at the time it was Amy Nizek, uh, Amy Clark, um, and so she and I originally were sitting brainstorming in my office. Like, I think we were still working at Washington State University at the time, and we just had these basic, like maybe three or four trees, what we thought of at the bottom of the mountain that people tend to pay attention to um, or get caught up in. But what I really spent a lot of time in is trying to find, okay, what are those core values? And that was a difficult process because mm -hmm. we think of things like, well, uh, I value work or I value my children or I value family. And this is where we've talked about other podcasts, the rule of three. And so what we really try to do is distill down what are those core values that are cross-cultural and put those at the top of the mountain because that's what we are all trying to achieve. Doesn't matter where we were born, who we are, what our lives are, there is some core values that most human beings on the planet are ascribed to or are striving to be part of. So this is where Focus Mountain started to get developed from is what I wanted professionals to start to understand in conversation is once you get engagement, you've eliminated resistance, you've reduced that discord or that tension in a conversation, you're going to hear ambivalence. You're going to hear people struggling with, I do want to change, but I'm stuck. And what our professional brain tends to want to do is it wants to solve the problem. Mm -hmm. And conceptually, what I started thinking about is, gosh, we all get lost in those trees at the bottom of the mountain. The target behaviors. The target behaviors. And so it's just like, do we get into this tree? Do we get into this tree? And it's like, and when I step back and thought about this conceptually, I see why so many people would be stuck in services for decades, especially if they had complex health issues or mental health issues. They're being sent from professional to professional to deal with all these other issues. And when you step inside the professional or the individual's shoes, they don't always feel like they're making progress. They just mm -hmm. feel like they've got a ton of meetings to go to. They're getting a lot of services. They get tired of services. They drop out of services for a while. They go back into services because their life is becoming more messy. But it just feels like they're going through the same hamster wheel over and over and over again. And so I took the core construct of focus that William Miller and Stephen Rolnick had written about and was thinking about this from a values-driven, if we're truly, truly, truly talking about behavior change, behavior change comes from our internal values. We want our behavior to line up with our values, our core values. And it's talked about to an extent in motivational interviewing, but it's almost overemphasized the target behavior side of it. So then what I started thinking about is, 
as I was thinking about it more dimensionally, the one-dimensional mountain on the sheet of paper when I was writing this out started to become more three-dimensional in my brain. Mm. And so I started thinking about this in terms of if I was a Sherpa helping somebody up a mountain, I need to know where their ultimate destination is. So as a professional using motivational interviewing in behavior change, we can be over-focused on their behaviors and what we think they need to do but part of my brain needs to stay focused on where do they ultimately want to be beyond my service, beyond my help, where do they ultimately want to be? And that's the impetus for behavior change. And that's literally how I started to tease out the whole construct of focus mountain. Mm -hmm. So, Well, there's a lot there. I got a lot racing through my head <laughs> okay. to uh, unpack with that. Okay. Um, but one thing that comes to mind is this idea around meaningfulness and how when you just talk about a target behavior, it can stay superficial. It can stay surface level about blood sugars and blood sugar management yes. or um, drug just use. staying away from Smoking a certain cigarettes. kind of drug use, whatever. And it doesn't go deeper. And I know Molly Kellogg, who's a, a registered dietitian, uh, who's a part of the Motivational Interviewing Network, a trainer, she was writing about this recently in a newsletter. And it was about how do you go deeper? How do you add meaning? And this is one way to do it is to use this idea that oh by them having blood sugar management that gets them what which you had talked about the rule of three it's as simple as asking well why would that be even worthwhile why would that even be worth your time and then right. whatever they answer well why else or what's so important about that right and then whatever they answer and what would that get you what's so important about that why why that and just digging in a few times adds some depth of meaning, which isn't just a feel-good concept. We know that some degree of importance is really important. So it seems to be that it's a model that's set up like a mountain that helps people listen differently. And so I'm yes. just wondering, when you start to think about this, there's some other things that you had said that, that I can address here as we go, but what's been the response to Focus uh -huh. Mountain and how people are now thinking about am I that had been through my training and people that are introduced to it new what have you found as being especially helpful or resonating with people what I do find is that people very much resonate with it mm -hmm. like if there's what I've found what I tend to talk about in trainings is if there's two handouts you're going to keep there's the MI approach or what we call the rainbow sheet and the focus mountain I mean those are the two mm -hmm. sheets that consistently people gravitate towards so much so, I mean, there's there's been multiple experiences I've had that kind of blew me away. Like, A, the fact that it came out of my brain, and B, that people resonated with it. It's just, it truly is almost incomprehensible to me. I get emotional about it at times. You're the first one. Uh, well, I'm going to actually oh, okay, talk okay, about, okay. I'm going to talk about Rachel Baker first, okay, okay. Um, who used to work with me here at IFIOC, who I trained um, in motivational interviewing and then hired her, just brilliant clinician excellent trainer that used to work here um, and when she was still a clinician I was doing training she worked in a, a drug addiction treatment agency they were doing a lot of drug court and things like that as well and I was doing skill buildings so the advanced skill building practice and we we're doing it at their agency and we we're gonna I was doing a, a skill building training and she said hey we need to take you into our group room I'm like okay Oh, yes. Yeah. So I go into the group room, and she said, and there's all of these um, butcher paper mountains around the whole room. And she goes, this is for our um, single pregnant 
women who either have other children or no other children, but they're either pregnant, um, they all have used drugs or are using drugs or alcohol. And what we did is we sat down and we had them do a mountain and we had them basically do a collage. So they just cut out pictures and they put their values or their ultimate goals and they just glued them to the top of the mountain. And she said, the group almost runs itself because people's behaviors as a parent are either in line with that or they're not. Mm-hmm. So they, they don't confront each other, but they just point to somebody's mountain and just said, how is that lining up with you being a better mom or, you know, providing financial stability for your family? And I, I got emotional looking at it thinking, oh my gosh, they attributed to Focus Mountain that I developed, like, this is how we're keeping people focused when they get caught into all the things they get caught in. It was just, it was overwhelming for me to think about that. And another one that was just profound, because so you're, you're asking about, like, how have I seen this impact people? You know this from a project you and I have worked on with Center for Employment Opportunities, who's gravitated towards this. They work with um, offenders, long-term, short-term offenders that have been incarcerated, helping them get employment. And, um, and it's a national nonprofit, a phenomenal, phenomenal mm-hmm. organization. Mm-hmm. Very vision, very mission, very values-driven, high level of integrity. Huge organization that we've loved to work with for the last few years and <laughs> when in um, San Diego mm-hmm. um, they had taken let one of the uh, participants I believe mm-hmm. um, so some of this formerly are incarcerated they painted a three-dimensional painting mm-hmm. of Focus Mountain huge mural um, on the wall and they use that and they walk the participants through the process and show them the different camps that they're going to achieve on the way up the mountain and so there's this huge mural painted on the side of a, a wall in, an, in a, a lobby of an office building that was based on that i when i did a lot of work for touchmark who tammy used to work for um that that was one of the first things they wanted to steal from me is they said we're going to make a big poster to these and put them in our in our different sales rooms mm-hmm. um, where we have these meetings and Focus Mountain is one thing we want in those rooms. Can we use Focus Mountain to do that? It helps literally keep us focused. And so I think it's had a huge impact. I think people have responded to it incredibly positively. And it is interesting because there's so much, we know the level of complexity, we know the minutia we can get into in motivational interviewing, but it's been fascinating to see how that just catalyzes things and people take a deep breath and step back and go, wow, I get lost in the trees. I get lost in the trees in my personal life. I get lost in the trees with the clients and the patients that I work with. Um, and this really helps me get focused on what matters and truly to understand, I, and honestly, this is something I, I know you stole and I steal it from you, is um, the top of the mountain is the motive. Mm-hmm. What is the motive for change? Mm-hmm. That is what motivational interviewing is, is we're listening for what the motive is. And so what I listen for is what is the top of their motive. And mm-hmm. that's what I say in trainings now is mm-hmm. the top of the mountain is the motive for change. What's the impetus for change? Mm-hmm. So, and, and on the same thought, um, I'm, I'm, there's two directions we can go. And so I, I'm going to start with one, then we can maybe go to the other. But there's this idea of values being motives is what you're speaking to. And so at a certain point, we have competing values. And this is where ambivalence comes in, but it it seems that it's been so focused on should I smoke or not smoke, or should I do this thing to eat better or not, that we've lost some of the meaning behind it. Yes. And by getting to the core of do I really want this quality of life now and indulge in beer, wine, sweets, whatever it is, 
or do I want this long-term quality of life for getting to enjoy getting up and down off the ground with my grand or my grandkids or and we're making these decisions that are deeper and seemingly short-term versus long-term it seems like the focus mountain really helps get to the core of what the competing ambivalence motives are. I agree with you, John. And the other thing I like, and this is something that I like from what you talked about too, um, just it was a totally sidebar conversation, one of those you know conversations we have on the road um, with uh, Dr. Dean Ornish and around the spectrum. Oh, the spectrum of health. Yeah. Spectrum of health. And what I think of is I, I love the concept because I think real people in real time get tired, they get worn out themselves with ambivalence about black and white thinking. What I like mm -hmm. it with Focus Mountain is it's a spectrum. So we can think about the beer, the wine, the, the sweets. We can think about other behaviors or exercise. And what I like to be able to do is empower people to be the best version of themselves that they feel comfortable with. So it's not so black and white about one or the other. Mm -hmm. Or, okay, I know this is bad for me, but I'm going to do it anyway. We're just such a guilt-ridden, guilt-driven mm -hmm. society. Mm -hmm. I love that whole conceptual shift to spectrum. And I think that's the thing that I think of with Focus Mountain is... There's, I look at what my integrity is. I look at the quality of life and well-being that I want. And just because I go down this path to go wine tasting doesn't mean I'm completely off my path. Mm -hmm. It's not a, a string straight line to the top of the mountain. Mm -hmm. As long as I don't lose sight of the top of the mountain, I can go into this meadow and enjoy it a little bit. And, and sit by a pond and, mm -hmm. and enjoy that, even though I'm not going to get there as quickly. Mm -hmm. But I can have these moments along the way, but I also know how to get refocused and get back on the path to get mm -hmm. towards the top of the mountain, which is truly a spectrum perspective. Mm -hmm. So am I going to be as healthy in the long run as I want to be? Well, not necessarily. Mm -hmm. But I, um, it's um, informed choice and it's exactly. conscious awareness yes. that I do have the right and the capacity, and I think it gets us out of black and white thinking. Mm -hmm. I think it gets us, gets us out of shame-based thinking as long as we can stay focused. Mm -hmm. What is the top of our mouth? And that's where the values piece comes in for me. And, and you just mentioned informed choice, and that's where everyone loves to talk about being values-based, strength-based, yes. informed choice, all these things that we love to believe or talk about versus really get feedback on how much we're embodying them. And yes. so that's a whole thing we can unpack, but a really big point that you were just bringing up is informed choice. And we like to say, well, you get to choose this or this. What are you going to do? But if we haven't gotten past the, the this target behavior or that target behavior into the meaning behind those yes. and the, the deeper competing values, a lot of the times, anecdotally, I can speak, it seems like people aren't really making, and this is part of, I think, why you did it, truly informed choice. Right. They're making conditioned or biased responses of feeling shameful or guilt-ridden so they just want to feel comfortable so they'll yes. just go ah whatever and it seems like you're really helping people with the focus mountain make deeper informed choices about i'm going to focus on my quality of life and connection right now with my friends and this experience at the maybe expense of my physical long-term well-being and that's okay because i care right now more about this and that's your decision to make with your own personal agency this this is exactly it, John. I mean, this is it, and this is when we get into what the core about behavior change, about empowering people, about personal agency, self-efficacy, this is exactly it. We, the evolution in parenting, the evolution in healthcare, behavioral health, is, okay, we're gonna give people choices. You're talking about person-centered, we're gonna give them choices. But it's a paternalistic perspective mm. because we give them two choices or three choices that we pick they're gonna line up with the goals we want them to get to. Yeah. 
So, so we're introducing this concept of choice in there. We're introducing this concept that you, you have some say in how this plays out. Mm -hmm. But you do have to pick one of these two or three. It's very similar to love and logic. Love and logic, exactly. Parenting, I'm love and going logic. to ethically, in my mind, influence this, but be paternalistic in giving you a sense of choice when really it's compliance. Yes, and it's the same mm -hmm. thing we see in healthcare, in mm -hmm. addiction treatment. It's some of these same things. Is we narrow it down, so there's the perception of choice because they get to pick between two things, and this is where Focus Mountain comes into it because Focus Mountain comes into this. The, the, the analogy I use, like I said, I started thinking about this three-dimensionally, and I would talk about Mount Rainier. We live in Washington State, so I talk about Mount Rainier. And the example I use is I always say, if you could take the world's biggest flag and plant it at the very peak of Mount Rainier, how many right ways are there to get up and touch Mount Rainier? Mm -hmm. Or the peak of Mount Rainier? And people just start staring, they're just like, well, there's, like, there's millions of ways of getting up there. Like, yeah, it depends on where you pull at the bottom of the mountain. It depends on which way you want to go from there. There's so many right ways. But we get so egocentric professionally and in relationships and as parents that we say, this is the right way up. Well, that's just like saying there's only one way to get to the top of Mount Rainier. That's ludicrous. There are so many ways to get up. And the other thing I emphasize is there is literally people dead and frozen to the side of Mount Rainier right this second. Dead and frozen. Which means not every way up is smart. Or but there's, easy. Or easy. Mm -hmm. But people have a choice on how they want to do it. And we learn things the further we get up there about things we didn't prepare for. As we're, or it's not as easy as we thought it was going to be. It may be easy sitting at the bottom, you know, we're 500 miles away going, oh, that's pretty tall, but I think I can make it up there. But when you're physically at the base of that going, I don't think I can do this. Like, this is just unachievable. And if you can have somebody help you navigate that, especially the parts where you're like, I feel like I'm freezing to death. I'm having a hard time breathing. No one could survive this. And it's like, well, you have a choice right now. You could survive this. We have the capacity to. But really, it's up to you if you want to go any further or not. I mean, to me, that is just the beauty in an MI-based conversation because it genuinely is informed choice. And people that are skilled in this technique and have expertise in the field can help navigate that with the person they're working with. To me, that's informed choice that is light years beyond you can pick this one or you can pick this one. I don't care which one you pick. You can either eat healthier or you can exercise more. Which one do you want to pick? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's like there might be another right way. Mm -hmm. But we get a little anxious going, but that's not my area of expertise. Mm -hmm. And so we're going to do it the way that I think I know is best because I've helped lots of people do it this way. So this way we're going to do it. But it starts to, it just starts to erode a person-centered approach mm -hmm. slightly. And I'm not saying it's wrong. It just doesn't line up with a person-centered behavior change approach as much. So Which is basically getting into the intention and MI that will relate back to Focus Mountain, but is supporting autonomy and activation, Absolutely. which where they can always get to choose Absolutely. and that they can choose to take this route or not. And this particular organization or healthcare setting or whatever it is can support you in these sorts of ways to reach this ultimate destination of where you want to be if you want. But ultimately that may not be worth it to you or it might be based off of what we've talked about, but you get to decide. And if you want to do things outside of here, that's your choice too. What sounds like this is all about for you is this sense of freedom and peace of mind right. and these things in your life and getting out of that situation. But if you want to do that through us, only you can decide that. And it seems like this deference of supportive autonomy and activation has to be paired with the focus mountain to really uphold the intention of the focus mountain rather than trying to use it use the focus mountain concept to get people to go a certain route and i, I want to deconstruct that because that's so on point and this is the whole concept of focus is it 
doesn't have what some people misperceive as a person-centered approach of going, well, if you want to use drugs, you use drugs. We think that's a person-centered approach. Or if you don't want to manage your diabetes, I guess don't manage your diabetes. You said you don't want to, so I guess we'll just let it go. That's a person-centered approach. That is not a person-centered approach. It, that, that's remiss on your part as a professional because we do have insights and expertise. This is also the partnering construct in MICA that we talk about collaboration and partnership is how do I empower this individual to make the best decisions about those trees or behaviors in front of their face that most line up with the top of the mountain? And I think because in most professions, we're so hyper-focused on the behavior or the change or the decision or what they need to do or the tree in front of them. And our natural helper brain wants to solve that problem. And we have a bucket load of opinions on how they should do that. That's what we tend to want to do. Um, but I think that the flip side is people spin 180 degrees the opposite direction to say a person-centered plan or approach is they get to write down and do whatever they want to do. Well, then we really have no professional role. There's no business for us then. And it's not even about the business. It really is about the role. What do we do to maximize that? So that's what we're trying to navigate in an MI-based conversation is how do we help have, and this is what we were talking about earlier, true informed choice. And true informed choice means they're aware of the trees in front of them and how we can offer this up collaboratively is for them to start to have a sense of whatever tree they walk to, which one is the one that's going to line up at the top of their mountain and which one's actually veer away from what their values and goals are. Um, and then they have a choice about which direction they want to go. But sometimes we get so lost in the trees, we literally cannot see the forest of the trees. We can't see the top of the mountain. Mm -hmm. So this is a way for the professional to be able to literally focus the conversation above the trees, then drop back down to the trees and say, if that's where you ultimately want to go, which tree or how do you want to navigate these difficulties or issues or problems in front of you? Yeah, and it really taps into one of the big intentions that we try to get at with Focus Mountain, which is helping people make informed choice around their behaviors, getting them to where they ultimately want to be beyond yes. just this decision of this thing with, again, we're just using blood sugars or uh, addiction choice around this. Who do they ultimately want to be as a person? What What is happier and healthier look like, feel like to them? Right. And it catalyzes that conversation so that people can decide and be more conscientious of when is their behavior helping to be who they want to be, happier and healthier, and when is it not? Right. And then self-correcting for their own long-term empowerment to make that decision rather than relying on other people or their own consequences or whatever in life right. uh, to have that for them. So uh, there is so much more to unpack here with the, the mountain. Um, there's a whole um, analogy that uh, Dr. Miller came up with, with being a, uh, a guide in MI that we could talk through that I was hoping to touch on. Uh, we won't get to that today, but we'll definitely touch on that in the future. And uh, there's definitely a podcast or something that you might be interested in around using the Focus Mountain for organizational and culture change yes. that uh, we've been doing for quite a while, that you've had a lot of conversations with different administrators. And how would you use the Focus Mountain for helping the vision, mission, and values of an organization? Yes. And when administrators and other people in the organization are aligning with the values and sometimes not so much. And Getting caught in the trees. And how to have those conversations. So those are two things to dive deeper into with the Focus Mountain alone. Please give us feedback on 
on which or anything else that this has spurred for you. And for now, we're going to sign off then, if that's uh, all right with you. Any other thoughts here? Perfect. Just the same thing as always. We just encourage you, um, participate, ask questions. We have multiple podcasts that are based 100% on the questions you have, applications that you have that you've struggled with or ways to uh, apply it more effectively. But what this always comes down to, it's just like this podcast, we are the communication solution that's going to help you change your world. So, right. Looking forward to hearing from you guys. All right, See take you care. Later.